Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. I'm excited to share with you what Holy Spirit has given me because I believe it will build your faith to walk in victory and it will add value to your life. Ecclesiastes 1.10 in the New Living Translation tells us, Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. You may have already heard what I'm going to share with you today, maybe from another person or from a different point of view. However, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So I'm here to stir you up and put you in remembrance of God's promises. I want to encourage you and build your faith to trust in the integrity of God's Word. To ensure you get your answer, first, find a Bible verse with the promise that you've based your request on. This is your foundation. Then, build your faith around that verse. I want to challenge you to ask God for and believe God for the impossible today. Ask Him for the miracles. Ask God for something really big, so big that it's almost too scary to ask Him for. And then pull up your courage and ask Him, knowing that His Word is really true and that He will do what you ask Him to do. This would be an ask so big that when it comes to pass, you know it could only be God that would make it happen. Go ahead. Ask. I dare you to dream big and ask big today. And now you're waiting. You've made your ask. You haven't seen anything change in the natural. You're not feeling any different. And the devil is beginning to whisper things in your ear like, it will never happen. Who are you to ask God for something so big? Who do you think you are that God would do that for you? You really think you're worthy of having that? Can you identify with this scenario? Well, as time goes on, you might be thinking, I should be seeing something by now, but there's nothing in the natural to be seen. And what's worse, you're not even sensing anything changing in the spirit realm. I want to encourage you to just keep trusting God, no matter what you see or don't see, and no matter how you feel, because faith is not moved by what is seen or felt in the natural realm. 2 Corinthians 5-7 tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. In Psalm 16-8, David says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So we can see from this verse that we don't need to be moved by what we see or what we don't see happening in the natural. We just need to keep our eyes on God and keep believing His promises. Hebrews 10.35 in the New International Version says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And in the Amplified Bible, it says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. These are my favorite verses in case you can't tell. You may be asking God, When, Lord, when is this promise going to come to pass? When is this going to happen? How long is this going to take? How long do I have to wait? 
Well, let me tell you something, honey. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. What matters is, are you going to trust him to do what he said he will do in his word? That's the bottom line. Do you trust him? Let me assure you today that things are not always as they appear in the natural realm. And 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us that we have to take every thought captive to the will of God. I am here to tell you that you can trust him. He is faithful to his word. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? I would like to tell you about a time in my life when I had to decide if I was going to trust God or continue trying to make things happen on my own. I'll just tell you, I was a mess. Every day I would cry and ask God, When? When are you going to do this for me, God? When are you going to change our situation? And he would just say, Lucia, do you trust me? I would say, well, yes, I do. But when, God, how long do I have to wait? And let me just put a side note here. When you say, yes, I do, but, but is a conjunction that wipes everything out before. So I really was not trusting him, which I learned later on. This went on for months. I'm so thankful that God is more concerned about what is happening inside us while we wait rather than just our waiting. He gives us opportunities to perfect our character while we wait. And while we're waiting, we need to ask God the right questions to get the right answers so we can move forward. When I kept saying, when God, when, I wasn't asking God the right questions. When I realized this, I asked him a different question. I asked him how to show me in the word where I was. I asked him to give me a verse that I could stand on to change my situation. That was the right question, and he gave me the right answer. He gave me the answer I needed to change my focus, change my attitude, and ultimately change my life. My faith and trust in God was the focal point that I needed to release my faith to change our situation. When I looked up the definition of faith in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it says that faith is a noun with the Latin root of fides or fido, which means to trust. And the Greek meaning is to persuade. So faith is trusting God and being fully persuaded that God will do what he says he will do for you according to what he says in his word. When you're fully persuaded, you'll stop asking God when and start praising him and thanking him because you trust him to fulfill his promises. You'll stop striving within yourself and put your trust in the finished work of Jesus. And as you get to know God and his nature, you'll find it's easy to trust in his faithfulness. Even when we're not faithful, we can trust in his faithfulness. Let me give you an example. In the third chapter of Hebrews, Moses couldn't take the people into the promised land because of unbelief. God had already promised that land to them. However, because of their unbelief, this kept them from taking what God had already given them. As you read on through chapter 3 and begin with the first verse of chapter 4, you'll read, Therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. We all have the opportunity every day to decide if we're going to trust God. 
We're at one of three phases in this game of life. We're either going into a situation, in the middle of a situation, or we've conquered the situation by using our faith and trusting God. When you conquer a situation or receive a miracle, one victory calls for another, and one miracle calls for another. You can trust God. He is so faithful, and when you know what the Bible says, you know His will for your life. All His plans for you are good plans, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. He has plans to prosper you and not harm you, and His plans include hope and a great future. However, you need to be fully persuaded that He's faithful to perform His word. Hebrews 13, 8 in the Passion Translation Bible tells us, Jesus, the Anointed One, is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. The integrity of God's Word does not change. When you learn to pray and apply the Word of God to your life, the Word will change your life and cause you to walk in victory. Let's go to Genesis, which is the book of beginnings. In the first chapter of Genesis, God made everything. He looked at it and then called it good or very good. In verses 26 through 28, in the Message Bible, we read, God spoke, Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. In these verses, I'd like to draw your attention to the fact that God created us in His image. We're like God, so we should reflect His nature. When I looked up the definition of nature in Webster's Dictionary, it says nature is the natural forces that control what happens in the world, the way that a person or animal behaves, the character or personality of a person or animal. So if we're made in God's image or His likeness, that means our nature should be His nature. Our character or personality should be His character or personality, which is, He spoke the world into existence, called it good and very good, and then gave it to us and told us to take charge of it and be responsible for it. Since we've been created like God, we already have the ability and can take charge of our life and be responsible for using our faith-filled words to speak our world into existence. And then we can call it good or very good and enjoy life. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11 in the New International Version says, As the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. Let's focus on verse 11 for a minute. It says, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
Once again, we're made in God's image, so our words have power to create our world, good or bad, just as God's word did when he created the world. To say what God says doesn't come easy sometimes because we have to humble ourselves to say what the Word of God says about ourselves and our situation instead of speaking what we have. As I was preparing for this podcast, Holy Spirit told me the only thing God had to give us was His Word. Then He said, read John 1.1. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word became flesh when Jesus was born. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? These verses show us God's integrity. So if we're made like God, made in His image, and we have His nature, we need to take responsibility for our words, realize the creative power they carry, and make our words good. When I tell someone I'm going to do something, I believe I'm obligated and responsible to do what I said I would do. That's my word. That's my integrity. How much more is God's integrity in that He gave us His word to speak out in faith? His word, the scriptures that we confess, will not return to him void, but will accomplish what they are sent out to do. The same is true with our words. They will accomplish what we send them out to do. This is why it's so important that you know what the Word of God says belongs to you, so you can take that promise and use your faith-filled words to change your world. When we say we're going to do something, we should make it good, just like God when He said He is faithful to make His Word good to us. One of the benefits of being accountable to your word and doing what you say you're going to do is that subconsciously, your physical man will begin to trust your spirit man. And when you tell your body to be healed or do something, it will be quick to obey. On the other hand, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, when you say you're going to do it and this becomes a habit, your physical man doesn't know when to obey your words. It doesn't know when or if your words carry any authority or power. So as you realize that Jesus is the Word and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever as Hebrews 13.8 tells us, you can settle the question that He's unchangeable and you can be stable and unchanged by the world and what's going on around you. Psalms 33.4 says, For the Word of the Lord is upright and all His work is done in fullness. And Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's the integrity of God's Word. He's faithful to us, and we can trust in His faithfulness even when we're unfaithful. As we're faithful to take responsibility to walk in our authority and speak His words, which are His promises, we can put our trust in His faithfulness to perform His Word. Our promise is that His Word will not return to Him void, but it will accomplish what we send it out to do. As you apply the Word of God on a consistent and persistent basis and don't back down, the Word will change your life and you will live in victory every day, which is how God wants you to live. I want to remind you that God loves you with an everlasting love and He has great plans for your life, no matter what it looks like right now. He's created you to live a victorious life over everything Satan tries to bring your way. 
The Word says that God will take us from glory to glory, from victory to victory. So it's time to decide to go to that next level. And the journey begins with a prayer. And then put your faith to that prayer. As I close today, I want to invite you to visit LuciaClaiborne.com for resources and faith confessions to help you live a victorious life. And I want to invite you to be sure to listen in next week as I continue our series on prayer.